For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Here you go. Here you go. Tommy John. Nothing personal. Word of the day. It is June 7th, Wednesday, 2023. Two lead stories today. We're going to get to them both. Jacob deGrom is having Tommy John surgery, and it was an epic day in the world of golf. But we are starting with Jacob deGrom because I am not taking a victory lap about this. I am not going to tell you that this is not painful. Too many negatives. Four, six, nine. Very painful for Jacob DeGrom. I feel sorry for him, mostly. But what happened yesterday is so angering to me that I had to lead off the show with it. I'm sorry, personally, for the way that I and others who worked with me and for me would mislead you when giving you information. We do it for competitive reasons. We do it because we don't want other teams to know. We do it because we don't want you to know. We don't want the media to know. We don't want people to understand the depth of injuries for competitive reasons because we think if you know how badly somebody's hurt, then another team knows and then we'll have a hard time making a trade or figuring out what to do to make our team better in light of the injury that we know about that you don't know. Way back on May 1st, it's over a month ago, we did another segment on DeGrom and I told you the system that was in play. And the PR system, when done right, will convince you that everything's gonna be okay. Straight Bobby Farrell. Everybody be happy. DeGrom talked about his injury and I told you that the way it works with his type of injury, they'll give him some anti-inflammatories. Try to get the inflammation out. When that doesn't work, they're gonna to talk to you about the MRI. They're gonna say, hey, there could be some ligament situation, but rehab is gonna work. We're gonna have him on no throw, then progression. We'll see how it goes. Then I told you they're gonna put him on the 60-day injured list. And then I told you he's gonna get Tommy John. So here's what happened yesterday. Chris Young was a rising star in the commissioner's office, former player, former pitcher, went to the commissioner's office, then got scooped up to be the assistant to John Daniels with the Texas Rangers, then got promoted and now runs the whole baseball operation. Chris Young lied to you yesterday, yesterday. We want to proceed cautiously and do what's right by him after announcing they're moving him to the 60 day by saying he's eligible to come off June 28th and that would be the hope. We want to make sure the inflammation's gone. And then he said, the symptoms have come and gone. He's had good days, bad days. It's not been linear. 
The truth is when a pitcher needs Tommy John surgery, really what that is, is that the team tried to do a PRP, which is when you inject your own blood, you take it out, you put it back. It's a Band-Aid on a gushing cut. Once in a while, it works. There have been pitchers who have ligament implications where they try to pitch through it. What was the name of the Japanese pitcher on the Yankees, Coca? Completely escaping me, but one of the really good ones who just recently retired. And uh, God darn, you're going to have it. Tanaka, thank you. I love that you know exactly what I'm thinking before I even say it. So there are many times where Tanaka was able to pitch through ligament issues, not have Tommy John. Maybe they come back, maybe they don't. Jacob DeGrom has been injured on and off for years. He already had Tommy John in 2010 when he was a young guy in the Mets organization. He had season-ending surgery in September of 2016 when he had that issue with his elbow. Then in 21, remember the forearm tightness, he missed the whole second half of the season. In 22, remember he had that stress reaction in the shoulder, which is what happens when you have a bad elbow and then your shoulder hurts when you try to keep pitching. And he didn't even debut until August. Then the Mets offered him $120 million and he said, hold my shorts. I got 185 from Texas, but wow, I'm so happy to be going to Texas. I love Texas. Everything's great in Texas. Everything's bigger in Texas. Five years, 185. Zero insurance. That's not noteworthy. You're going to hear from people today when they're talking about DeGrom and about golf. When they're On the DeGrom side, you're, they're going to say, wow, the Rangers are totally exposed. The Rangers have no insurance. And you know from nothing personal, very common, team self-insure, because the premiums are so expensive that the juice is not worth the squeeze. Because then you pay the premium, then you have to sue the insurance company when the player's injured just to get any payments. And it's years down the line. Not worth it. Self-insure it by saying, hey, if he doesn't pitch, he doesn't pitch. We stays on the payroll and we'll find a way to get by because we have such good young team. It's not like we have to pay any other free agents. And this is the team that just signed Corey Seager, Marcus Simeon, Avaldi, Heaney. May I go on? So DeGrom gets signed, no insurance. He is now out, not just for this year, but for next year too, despite him saying he's going to try to come back before the start, uh, before the end of next year. He is turning 35 years old on June 19th. The chances of Jacob DeGrom coming back and being Jacob DeGrom are zero. His days as an ace are over. And he knows it. That's why when he met the media yesterday, he was incredibly emotional. And I want to show you what he said. I went through this before and you know, I know what it takes to get back. Um, so that's the goal. Go out there, you know, rehab as the best I can and, and be around to help, you know, any way I can. Um, you know, we got a special group here. Um, and and to not be able to be out there and you know help them win that it stinks let me tell you where my growth is coming from as president of a team i look at that video and i'm so angry that he's hurt i'm so angry that we made the decision to sign him i'm so angry how screwed we are that the ability to even react to a video like that would not have existed back in the day. 
But what's changed is I look at that video and I actually understand what he's saying. When an athlete realizes that they will never be able to realize the full potential of their ability and that their career will be defined by something that they didn't intend it to be defined by, it's incredibly emotional. When players are forced to retire because of injury, when players are forced to retire because of something that's going on upstairs like the yips or downstairs like the elbow or the shoulder. We had a player named Josh Johnson with the Marlins who had multiple Tommy John surgeries, who in my opinion would have been one of the best players, best pitchers, Hall of Fame pitcher, open Marlins Park, never had the ability to show who he was or what he could be over a sustained stretch because of injuries. It is so hard to make a lot of money and have a Hall of Fame career in baseball. I can't explain it to you enough. It is such an honor to be a Hall of Famer and Jacob deGrom is not a Hall of Famer. And this is not to mean that he wasn't an ace when he pitched, but if you don't have bulk, you don't get to Cooperstown. So the Texas Rangers are now stuck in a position where they have their ace, their supposed ace, which now becomes Nathan Avaldi, another former of our players. They have to go out and get more starting pitching if they have any hope of holding off the Astros. If they have any hope of competing for a World Series this year, they need to not go into a playoff series with the rotation of Gray and Perez and Avaldi and Heaney. That will not invoke fear in any team they're playing. The front office gets together and they say that we're not gonna say anything. We're not gonna call on teams. We're not gonna take calls from other teams. We're not gonna trade for Shane Bieber right now. We're not doing anything. We're gonna let time pass and hope that the team performs in a way that we can convince other teams that we don't need to acquire a pitcher. We will find out very shortly whether it was the owner who wanted DeGrom signed or whether it was Chris Young who wanted DeGrom signed. Because the fact that they offered the extra fourth and fifth year, that's what was the differentiating factor. For all Mets fans, except Coca, who knew immediately not to take a victory lap as a Mets fan, because the Mets offered DeGrom $120 million and got lucky that the Rangers were stupid and offered the five years 185. Just because you get the good result and you know I'm a consequentialist and you know that the result is, and I tweeted as such that the Mets are happy. And I don't mean happy that he got hurt. They're happy that they do not have that liability on their payroll. Sometimes you get lucky. And in baseball, some of the best deals you ever make are the deals you don't make. And it's not because you're better than another team, better than another front office. It simply means that you got outbid by a greater fool. The greater fool theory, one of the great economic theories of all time, which is when you think that you are trying, and this is my definition of the greater fool theory that I apply throughout business and throughout my personal life. If you mistake your intelligence, for someone else's stupidity, that's a problem that you have. That's self-delusion. When you are in a beneficial place in your business, not because of an act that you did, but because of an act that someone else did, and you somehow have the illusion that you're the smart one, that's a problem for your business or for your personal life. 
if the Mets are walking around high-fiving because of how smart they were to not sign Jacob DeGrom, that would not be smart. So how does this end? It ends with Jacob DeGrom having surgery. It ends with him trying to rehab around the team as much as possible. It ends with the Texas Rangers acquiring another starting pitcher. It ends with Jacob DeGrom maybe never throwing another pitch. It is not a guarantee that he can come back from Tommy John. It's not a guarantee. 35-2. That's how old he is and the number of Tommy Johns. And I want to end this quickly by saying the reason why I got on Chris Young to start this show is that I refuse to believe that when he spoke to the media about putting him on the 60-day IL, and then the same day Tommy John is announced that he's out for at least 12 months, there is not one time in 18 years, not one time where we made an announcement to the media and all of a sudden we found out that day that there was an injury that was way worse than we had suspected. We're not putting the player on the 60-day injury list without speaking to the doctors. We're not putting the player on the 60-day IL called DL at the time without understanding how long he's going to be out and what his injury actually is. What was the reason for Chris Young to say anything on the day that DeGrom ended up having it announced that he's out for 12 months? It's amateur hour. Well, amateur hour was the word I wanted to use in order to transition to what many are calling the biggest day, the most important day, and the craziest day in the history of golf. And even if you're not a fan of golf, you're going to want to listen to this segment because we've spent time and you spent time reading lead story in every paper today about Live Golf and the PGA Tour announcing a merger. Do you remember when satellite radio first started? You had Sirius and you had XM. Remember when Howard Stern signed or when MLB did their deal with XM in order to listen to MLB games, you had to subscribe to XM. If you wanted Howard Stern, you had to subscribe to Sirius. And if you subscribed to Sirius, you didn't get XM and the other way around. They got together and they said, well, this doesn't make much sense. We're going to merge, become Sirius XM, and then everybody can get everything. Zero impact to Howard Stern, zero impact to Major League Baseball, benefit to the constituents, the audience, the listeners, and even a benefit, I would argue, to the talent. You're going to say to me, if you're thinking in business, that's not absolutely right because the competition is what drives salary. So Howard Stern got to go to Sirius and he got to go to XM and he got to play one against the other and take the most money. Now, if they're together, who would he go to? And the answer is there are other competitors in the space of a microphone than Sirius and XM. He always had other choices with what he wanted to do. And certainly today, it's even more choices with Spotify and all the deals that are being done. Now let's talk about the PGA Tour. The PGA Tour is a little bit like Major League Baseball, except 
The baseball players have a union and the golfers do not. The PGA Tour is like the commissioner's office. Jay Monahan is the commissioner of hockey. They call him that, right, of the PGA Tour. And his job is to represent the interests of not the owners, because there are not individual teams in PGA. His job is to represent the players. So he's the equivalent of the union leader. He is hired and fired by the players who are members of the PGA Tour. When Greg Norman announced that day many years ago that the Live Tour was starting backed by the Saudi Investment Fund, it created one of the great schisms you'll see in any professional league of our lifetime. The XFL doesn't create this, the USFL doesn't create this, Baseball in Japan, the Korean Baseball League, the Japanese Baseball League, the Canadian Football League, the Development League, maybe overtime elite in college basketball, maybe the fight between them over who gets the best high school players. But when Liv was announced and they started offering to sign golfers and start their own tour, that upset the ecosystem of golf in a way that no other league has seen. When you see some of the best players signing with another league, whether it's Brooks Kepka, Dustin Johnson, Phil Mickelson, getting all the money that they were getting, the analogy would be Shohei Otani leaving Major League Baseball after this year and going back to play in Japan, or Aaron Judge leaving the Yankees to play in Korea or in Europe, or Victor Wembayama not going to the San Antonio Spurs and signing a long-term deal in France or Germany or Israel or anywhere else. You don't see it. The best of the best play here in America in those sports. I didn't say soccer. I said in golf, in hockey, in basketball, in baseball, and of course in NFL football. So when golfers are going to another league, that creates an immediate problem for the existing league. It threatens their very existence because their TV deals, their sponsorship deals are based on a field of players who are known as, who can be advertised as the best golfers in the world. When the golfers who moved to live took the money, they had to overcome criticism from every corner of the globe other than one tiny dot overseas where they were viewed as assisting in the sports washing of money by Saudi Arabia. Live golf, make no mistake, is very simply an effort by Saudi Arabia to get itself into American sports and to have all of America view them not as the journalist killing, misogynist, rapist, racist that they are. That was their intent. The golfers were the first group of players who were willing to assist them in their efforts. And so they did. And what started was a war of the worlds between the two tours, the PGA Tour and the Live Tour. It resulted in major antitrust litigation where one side said about the other side, I can't do business because of their existence. They are stopping me. They are an impediment, an illegal impediment, 
They are interfering in my ability to do contracts. Sponsors did not embrace Live Golf. They couldn't get a TV deal. They ended up buying time on the CW network where nobody's watching, nobody cares. Then a Live Golfer, Brooks Kepka, wins a major. And all of a sudden, there's a softening of the stances? Absolutely not. The vitriol between the PGA and Live continued to exist as manifested by the relationship between the players who chose to take the money and the players who were offered to take the money and didn't, or the players who weren't offered the money to begin with. And then we wake up yesterday to an announcement by Jay Monahan, the representative of the players that a merger with Live Golf has taken place. And it was done in the single most clumsy way I've ever seen a merger announced ever. The players did not know. I want to make sure you're understanding the significance of that simple sentence. The equivalent is Roger Goodell announcing that the XFL and the NFL are merging and he doesn't tell the owners in advance, just says, by the way, this happened. The example would be Rob Manford announcing to the owners that a new collective bargaining agreement had been agreed to and they never had a chance to look at it, be briefed on it or vote on it. Unheard of, can't happen, would be the last act by those commissioners if they ever did it. Jay Monahan wants you to believe that he couldn't speak to Tiger Woods. He couldn't speak to Rory McIlroy. Tiger Woods, who was offered $800 million to go to live and turned it down to support the PGA Tour. Not one advance word. And the excuse that was made by Jay Monahan is that we had to keep a tight ship. We couldn't allow any leaks. Horse hockey. When you are in a merger that involves some sort, some sort of public companies, some sort of proprietary information, ingredients in a soda, let's say, or some sort of algorithms that exist, where if word of the merger got out, it could impact the different stock prices of the deals. Hmm, WWE comes to mind. If that's the case, you want to keep a tight ship because you don't want people to get in trouble. You don't want word to get out. You don't want the price of your company or the company you're acquiring to be impacted by a change in value. That's not the case with PGA and Live Tour. There was no reason for there not to be explanations and discussions and buy-in by players in advance. There is no reason in the world for him to have kept it quiet. And that's only the first part of the problem. The second part of the problem is the fact that Jay Monahan is now going to be reporting to Yasser Al-Ramayan. This is a major businessman in Saudi Arabia. This is a guy who sits on boards, he runs companies. This is the guy running the fund. This is a important, wealthy man who is now the chairman of the PGA Tour. But they hid it from you in the announcement by saying that they're creating another entity. This entity will be a for-profit entity. The PGA Tour is a 501 
B6 or a 501c3 as an organization. This may be a B6, whatever it is. Not for profit, but now the new entity that will be controlled by the PGA Tour, but the chairman will be from Saudi Arabia. The CEO will be Jay Monahan, who reports to the chairman. The new entity will be for profit and Saudi Arabia will become the largest investor in the entity, which is controlled by a board where the PGA Tour gets to name more board members. All of that is poppycock to try to get you to ignore the fact, and this is before the announcement was made, their theory was it gets you to ignore the reality that the PGA Tour took the money from the Saudis after telling you they would never take the money from the Saudis. And that money that they're taking is gonna be redistributed to players who now have to wrap their arms around taking purse money that comes from Saudi Arabia. Jay Monahan and his people had to do a calculation that all the sponsors who may disappear because of the Saudi Arabian involvement, that money's been made up and more by the sponsorship of the Saudi Arabian Investment Fund. That's all this was, a huge sponsorship deal. Royal McElroy had video yesterday and it was from last August or whenever, but it, it, it resurfaced yesterday of him talking about Liv and why he would never do it. There's video and a statement by Jack Nicholas saying the same thing. I don't even consider those guys part of the game anymore, Nicholas said, and I don't mean that in a nasty way. Jack Nicholas, after hearing about the merger, changed his tune and said, this is gonna be good for golf. Tiger Woods and Rory McIlroy haven't said a word. And Jay Monahan went to a tournament in Toronto to speak to the players and got pilloried, absolutely pilloried. And the best he could come up with was telling us, I recognize that people are going to call me a hypocrite. Anytime I said anything, this is the statement, maybe Hall of Fame. Anytime I said anything, I said it with the information that I had at that moment. <laughs> so I get that. When I tell you, hey, you know, we're a playoff team right now, that's the information I have at the moment because we're actually in playoff position. Or I can tell you that I'm speculating where I think we're gonna be, even though I may not believe that we're gonna be there, but I can try to convince you we're gonna be there. That's what sales is. Sales is trying to convince someone else that they need something that they may not realize they need, whether they need it or not. That's what a good salesperson can do. Everybody talks with information they had at the moment, except they all speculate about what information they may have going forward. Here's the best example. Do you think when you're starting a show in media and you work for a team, let me, let me give you a better example. When you work for the Marlins, when we're making comments about other teams, which I did, I knew very well that I was never going to be president of the Seattle Mariners when I called them out for the Ichiro signing. When I talk about Steve Cohn and the mistakes that he makes, when I talk about Derek Jeter, 
or Bruce Sherman. I have no illusion nor a desire to work for those teams. I say things with information that I have at the moment and that I speculate that I will have. But what would happen if Steve Cohn called me right now and said, David, I can't believe we offered DeGrom $120 million. I need someone running this team. I need someone running the business. I haven't replaced the, the president. I need a president and I will pay you $20 million a year for five years to run the New York Mets. I now have new information. Am I going to change my mind about leaving nothing personal and going to run the New York Mets? I'm not gonna answer that for you. I'm gonna let you think you know the answer. But do you see how different that is than what Jay Monahan did? When Jay Monahan talks about 9-11, talks about the fact that this, what the Saudi Arabians do, talks about all the reasons why live golf is absolute the devil. You think that he did not realize that one of the results of a new league coming to pass is the merger as speculated correctly by former President Trump as talked about internally in all business circles and all media circles, anyone who has any sort of business background when there are two leagues and one league is fully, fully funded, something's gotta give. There was no scenario where these two leagues were gonna live side by side and keep eating each other's young. There had to be a solution. And if Jay Monahan didn't recognize that a merger one day was a possible solution at the moment that he was MFing Saudi Arabia, that just makes him foolish. The way this ends is very simple. Very, very simple. Jay Monahan is gonna lose his job. There is no definitive agreement between Liv and PGA. There is an agreement to agree. There is a piece of paper which has signatures, which talks about what the framework of an agreement could be. There are hundreds of pages of details to be worked out in governments, in governance, how they're gonna run both tours, what the merged entity will be like, what the assets will be in the merged entity. All of those things have not been worked out. This story is going to continue for days, weeks, and months. One thing for certain, and you can book it on a wait to see, Mr. Coca. Jay Monahan will never be the CEO of a merged company between PGA and Liv. There is not a scenario by which the players in golf on the PGA Tour will look at the Liv situation and say, hey, Jay, hell of a job. We're happy to have only 54 holes. We're happy to have more purses. We're happy to have everyone make the cut. This is amazing. I'm cashing my Saudi Arabia check right now. N-G-T-H. Jay Monahan cannot survive this because he bungled it in a way that is historic. All right, when we take a break, we're gonna come back because one of you asked a question 
that I cannot wait to answer as part of this PGA Live story. We'll be right back. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. It's David Sampson. Thank you so much. Two big stories today. Jacob deGrom getting Tommy John and the PGA and Live Tour in a possible merger. Thank you for rating, reviewing, subscribing, and most importantly, or as importantly, or not as important, but I do thank you. Get to me with questions on Twitter at David P. Sampson, because once in a while, we're gonna answer them, and today is one of those days. You know what I want? <laughs> I wanna talk to Sampson. So you wanna talk to Sampson. I love it that the audience and that the listeners, I love that you're with us live at 8 a.m. for those of you in the chat with Coca. I absolutely love the fact that you come up with questions that are interesting and hard hitting, and this is one of them. Good morning, David. This came in in the middle of the night. Good morning, David. Quick question. Now that the PGA Tour and Live have merged, and with the increased interest of Saudi money in European football and F1, how long before the Saudi money infiltrates the top American sports leagues like the NFL, NBA, MLB, MLS, and NHL. Now you're thinking. Now we're talking. What you're asking is, will there be rule changes in the four major leagues that will allow for any sort of Saudi Arabian money to come in? The NBA already told you that they were going to allow sovereign fund investment in teams. But there has not been one announcement of any sovereign money being invested into a team. Why will baseball and football follow suit and allow sovereign fund investment? Because they're printing money. And if you want the value of your teams to increase, which is the job of every commissioner, which is how they make $60 million a year, Roger Goodell, you have to have a larger group who can fund those size transactions. Josh Harris is leading a bid to buy the commanders at $6.05 billion. And the reason it hasn't been announced is that he is cobbling together the money and he's one of the richest people you'll meet. And there's nothing more limiting as being a limited partner in a sports team. And normal individual does not want to write a $100 million check in order to get a signed baseball and a quarterly meeting. 
just to have to write checks every year because the team's losing money operationally. Where can you identify a pot of money that's not in the form of debt, where there is no care in the world about operating losses, where there's no care in the world about lack of actual say in the operations of the team, and which can lead to increased asset valuations. Let's give it a minute. Let's all get together and let's think. Hmm. People who want to wash their money and try to help their reputation. Oh my God. Yes. The natural next step for these investment funds and sovereign funds is that they're going to take positions in existing teams. The step after that is they will be taking positions in new teams. The step after that is they will be taking controlling positions in teams. You think that America is gonna sit on its high horse and watch the valuations of teams in the EPL or watch what happened with F1 and not wanna participate? You think that we're not gonna see a day in the next 10 to 20 years where the money, the, the blood money is not going to have controlling interest in an American team? Surely you jest. Don't call me Shirley. It goes in steps. Do you remember how gambling worked? It started off a little slowly. You start with, yeah, you can have one sign for the Native American casino in your area, but nothing else. Then all of a sudden, you could have behind the plate and a giveaway. Then you could have them advertise on the channel because the channels needed revenue because the channels were being owned by the teams. Then they can be full-fledged sponsors. Then they can be full-fledged partners. But no, no, no investments in actual teams. We can't ever question the competitive integrity of on-field by having gambling companies be the primary investors or even limited partner investors in teams. But guess what? We can sure as heck have them in ownership. It's coming. When I first got into baseball, you had to fill out a disclosure form. And the disclosure form was, do you have any gambling interests? I don't mean an interest in gambling. I mean, do you even own a share of stock in a company that is a gambling company? Do you have any part of any casinos anywhere? A controlling partner, a controlling owner in baseball who did not disclose that would not get the votes. And even those who did disclose it sometimes didn't get the votes. They had to have exceptions made for them. Those days are ending. Think about the trail of money. And it all goes down to wanting to operate your team and wanting to buy other stuff. Let's talk about two examples in basketball. The NBA is the first one there out front saying, hey, we will allow sovereign funds to invest in our teams. No announcements yet. I can think of two teams that make perfect sense to have investment by a sovereign fund. And coincidentally, they're the two teams who just invested money to buy their own networks in a world where buying networks is not a good plan because they're not worth that much.
Jerry Reinsdorf and the Bulls, and Ted Leonisis and the Washington Wizards. Two NBA teams, both of whom just spent money to buy their networks. But Ted Leonisis, he's one of the bidders for the Washington Nationals. Wouldn't it make sense to take some money off the table with the Washington Wizards and use that money to help his bid and finance his bid for the Washington Nationals so he can get all teams under the umbrella of the network that he bought before the value of networks went to crap? If he knocks on Adam Silver's door and says, please allow this investment in my team, what's Adam Silver gonna say? No. And once the door opens, it never closes again. It just opens even wider. Let's take it even further. Do you see a scenario where it's not just advertisements on the kit, it's representation in the boardroom, it's representation at the owner's meetings. How about representation at the league level? Do you see a scenario where there's the possibility of Saudi Arabia going to the owners of the NFL and saying, I'll buy you all out for 50 billion each. I wanna own the league for a trillion dollars. Any interest? You're gonna tell me, David, you're being ridiculous. How could you even think that one day could get to that point? Did you think that one day we'd get to this point? That's the whole purpose of what rich people call vision, corporate magnates call planning, and I call eventuality. Thank you for that question. Nothing, personal pick of the day. Shane Bieber and the Guardians lost to the Red Sox, but Shane Bieber had a great day pitching. And still we had a bullpen loss. Very, very frustrating to me, to say the least. We're 85 and 89. All right, we've got game three of the NBA Finals. I don't wanna pretend that I'm low energy for that because I'm not. I don't wanna pretend that I'm not gonna watch it because I am. And I don't wanna pretend that I'm not rooting for the Heat because I can't lose. If the Heat win, I'll be happy. If the Nuggets win, I'll be happy. I'm a winner. I love looking at myself in that way. It's like people who used to live in Miami who now live in Denver, or used to live in Denver, now live in Miami. They could say, oh God, one of my teams is gonna lose, but I'd rather look at it the other way. You're guaranteed a winner. I told you how important game three is and how the road team, the Nuggets, have a chance to break the heart of the Miami Heat, who had just one game two on the road. They have home court advantage. It's a best three of five. This is New York Knicks all over again from 1994, and the Nuggets have just the team to do it. I am a fool to bet against the Heat. I have been taking the Heat, and we've been winning games by taking the Heat. Do you, I don't know if you know that, but we have. We're taking the Nuggets minus two and a half. I don't see Jokic getting 40 plus points today. I see him getting another triple-double. He will have 10 plus assists, 10 plus rebounds, and 25 plus points. And that will be the formula they use to beat the Heat. The Heat and their shooting, it's on, it's off. Nuggets minus two and a half is the pick. I wanna give you a baseball pick for a moment. 
When you find out that your ace is hurt, it impacts your team. The Texas Rangers have gotten used to the fact that Jacob deGrom is not going to be pitching for them. He really is someone, even in spring training, remember his first bullpen got delayed. He really hasn't been healthy at all as a Ranger, and this is only his first year. The mentality in the clubhouse, and I would go down and I would talk to the players when we had a big injury. I remember clearly when Jose Fernandez got his Tommy John and what I did after that. You speak to the player, you speak to the team, you speak to the, the leaders who are healthy, especially, and that was in our case when, when Jose got Tommy John, but with Jacob DeGrom's Tommy John, the Rangers have delusions of grandeur that they are going to be a meaningful October team. It is critical what you're doing right now. When you're talking to your team, you have got to let them know that you've got their back as the front office, that you are gonna do whatever you have to do to help the team that's helping themselves and that this team has been helping itself. You tell the players, we're not gonna acquire anyone now. We don't wanna get put over a barrel, but believe me, we're gonna bring in reinforcements by the deadline. Trust us, stay with us, keep playing hard. When you are the Texas Rangers, you've gotta do that. The Texas Rangers play the St. Louis Cardinals tonight. And I have been extremely frustrated with the Cardinals, who I think they're about to turn the corner. I think they're about to show that they can win the division that's extremely winnable with only the Pirates and Brewers, both around 500. But the Cardinals cannot seem to get it going. But it's almost as though they feel they can at any time. And when I ran a team in 2005, they told me the same thing the players said, don't worry, we'll turn it on, we're fine, we'll make the playoffs. And we stayed competitive, didn't make the playoffs because they weren't able to turn it on the way they said they would. Goldschmidt, Arenado, are they all saying that right now? Flaherty, who's pitching tonight, don't worry, we're fine. Well, if that's the case, start me up, Mick. The cards are plus 125 going against Gray and the Rangers. Gray has been outstanding this season. I would have liked that to be a little more value, but I believe that after yesterday, while the Rangers came out and were fine, it starts to sink in that you are without your guy for an extended period of time, like he's not part of the team anymore, which is what leads to the tears and a journey. We're taking the cards. All right, we'll be back tomorrow at 8 a.m. for another live edition of Nothing Personal. And there will be plenty more to talk about because there always is. Thank you for your time. I appreciate you. It's just business and a lot of it. This is Nothing Personal. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.